less dark. Today is the first Lenten Sunday in which the gospel had neither the devil nor a demon in it. Today also goes by the names Refreshment Sunday, usually packed after the gospel, or Mothering Sunday after the epistle that tells us the Jerusalem above is the mother of all. There is a tradition calling your mother today. The epistle tells us we are free. Freedom means different things to different people. For some, freedom means the freedom to do whatever I want to do without regard to law or principle. Christian freedom means something else. It means the freedom to do the will of God because we are no longer slaves our disordered desires. Someone once said that the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. This is usually applied to topics of political and civic freedom, but it is equally true of inner spiritual freedom. This is why we observe Lent and practice spiritual disciplines. Without the purposeful and habitual practice of the spiritual disciplines of almsgiving, fasting, and prayer, we will slowly and suddenly be conquered by the enemies of the soul, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The person who thinks he is free to do whatever he wants to do is really a slave to his desires. He is free to do what he wants, but he is not free to <coughs> deny himself in order to serve God or other people. He is free to say yes, but he is not free to say no. The second Peter says of the apostles of false freedom, they promised them freedom, but they themselves were slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a man, to that he is a slave. In Lent, we do without things in order to gain new freedoms by gaining new control over our desires. Wisdom teaches us that we are not free to say yes unless we are also free to say no. We say no to things for a while through fasting. Then we return to those things with greater detachment and freedom, and thus with greater genuine pleasure. For we are children not of the bond woman, but of the free. However, fasting from things is only half of the Lenten equation. We deny ourselves in order to turn our desires toward God, who alone can truly satisfy us. This is the point of the Gospel. In the Gospel feeding miracle, Jesus purposely led the people to a place where there was no food in order 
to reveal himself to them as the source of all food. The point of the multiplication of the loaves is not the bread. The point is the presence of the one who is able to create the bread. It is a common error in the life of prayer to focus on the thing given rather than on the one who gives it. As Brother John Charles used to exhort us in his annual schools of prayer he did for us, quote, seek the giver and not the gift. When our prayer is answered, we often focus on the answer rather than on the source of the answer. We conclude that since God gave us this one thing, we can ask him for many other things. Since God's job, obviously, is to give us what we want, and our job, obviously, is to ask him for things and complain when we don't get them. The Lenten wilderness teaches us not to be spoiled children. In the wilderness, in the dry times, the visible gifts are removed and we become more dependent upon God. We pray with more faith and greater urgency. And, surprisingly, Christ is revealed to us in new ways. We learn that the true gift is Christ himself. And the visible gifts he gives us are merely signs that are meant to point us to him. We develop what we can call sacramental vision. We learn to see through the gifts to the giver. This is why Lent is always a profound season of spiritual growth for those who make a concerted effort to fast and pray during the season. In Lent, Jesus leads us to the place where there is no food in order to reveal himself to us as the source of all food. As Jesus said in explanation of the feeding miracle, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. If we were to look at the world with perfect eyes of faith, we would see Christ in all things. We would partake of God's good gifts with thanksgiving, with Eucharistic hearts. And we would reject the use of any created thing that was not in his will. However, because our desires are disordered, and because we don't always see with sacramental vision, the world and the things in it become the goal. We lose sight of the giver and we begin to worship the gift. This is the root of idolatry. We pursue money, power, success, fame, or pleasure without regard for God's will. These are all variant forms of idol worship. 
Our various idols promise much, but give little back. We are invited to come, indulge, and be filled. <clears throat> However, the result of our worship and devotion is that we actually become emptier. And even though our devotion to our idols leaves us emptier, we are still drawn to do it again. That is what it means to be a slave to sin. Thus, the heart of the Christian year is the Lenten fast, which prepares us for a worthy celebration of the Easter feast. We willingly empty ourselves so that we may discover new freedom and fulfillment in Christ. The goal of Lent is not an extreme asceticism in which we come to abhor the creation. The goal is to find contentment in Christ. The goal is an inner peace and joy which enable us to rejoice both in Lent and in Easter. In Lent, we rejoice that Christ is present in the wilderness. In Easter, we rejoice that Christ is present in the feast. St. Paul describes the ideal in Philippians. Quote, <clears throat> I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the name of the Father and of the Son.